Luke chapter 12, 32 through 34. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your Father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. I decided on opening with this text again in Luke chapter 12 because it's so powerful. Now remember again, our beloved Messiah is the one that's speaking this, and He's speaking to a crowd of thousands of people. We can backtrack that to Luke chapter 12, verse 1. I would encourage you to print out this text and put it on your refrigerator for a while. This is a refrigerator text. Last week I talked about two points on almsgiving. The first one was that giving to the poor is how we lay up treasures in heaven. You've heard probably if you've been in church at all, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And there's other ways that we can do that, but the primary way contextually that we do that is by not having an evil eye, a stingy eye, but having a benevolent eye, one that is giving to the poor, one that is kind, one that is merciful to the poor. Heaven has a storehouse. There's a strong box of Yahweh that nobody can break into and no moth can destroy. And each time you show kindness or compassion in general to anyone, but specifically to somebody who is poor or somebody in need, you give away your time, your effort, or your money to somebody in need. You place a deposit in heaven's bank. And when you then are in need on this earth, Yahweh can pour out your deposits that you've made and you get a withdrawal of sorts because you've stored up treasures in heaven. Ultimately, though, the big repayment comes at the resurrection of the righteous. The resurrection to immortality is when we'll be repaid for our good deeds. The more almsgiving that you do on the earth, the greater your reward will be in the kingdom of heaven. Now we find this foundation for giving to the poor, bringing upon us the blessings of Yahweh. We find this in the instruction manual, in the Torah, in the law of Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 18 we read, He, speaking of Yahweh, executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreign resident, giving him food and clothing. These people in the nation of Israel were the needy. They didn't have as much as others. Yet Yahweh himself looked out for them and commanded the more wealthy or prosperous Israelites materially to also look out for them. The fatherless, the widow, and the foreign resident. It could not be more direct than what we read in Exodus 22. We'll begin in verse 21 where it says, You must not exploit a foreign resident or oppress him since you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. The word exploit means to make use of unfairly to your advantage. When a non-Israelite would join the community of Israel, it could lead to them being outcasted because they haven't grown up here. They haven't been around us. They don't look like us. They're just not the same. They're different. But yet they joined to worship the Mighty One of Israel. And he says you must not exploit them because one time you were foreigners in a strange land. Those thoughts would naturally occur in the mind of native-born Israelites. But Yahweh reminds Israel that they were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. They were once oppressed, and that was not good. Therefore, when a foreigner joins to you, make sure you treat them with kindness. In verses 22 through 24 of the same chapter, 
Yahweh goes on to say, you must not mistreat any widows or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them, they will no doubt cry to me, and I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will burn, and I will kill you with a sword. Then your wives will be widows, and your children fatherless. I told you it was very direct. No mistreatment of widows or fatherless children is allowed, and I believe this goes for both believers and non-believers. As we read through all of the scriptures, we find that giving to the poor righteous, giving to the poor people who serve Yahweh is preferred. That's preferred, but it's not exclusive. The reason we know this is because Yahweh, the Creator Himself, helps people who do not love Him or serve Him. Salvation itself, which comes from Yahweh, is an act of mercy and compassion on someone who does not deserve it. So yes, help the poor righteous, but even help the poor unrighteous. Help them too because Yahweh also lets them breathe, gives them rain, lets the sun shine on their house, gives them other joys in life. And if Yahweh can feed and clothe someone who does not love Him, we ought to be able to help love those same people just like our Father in Heaven so that we may be sons and daughters of our Father in Heaven, Matthew chapter 5. Verses 25 through 27 continues in this text, If you lend money to my people, to the poor person among you, you must not be like a money lender to him. You must not charge him interest. If you ever take your neighbor's cloak as collateral, return it to him before sunset, for it is his only covering. It is the clothing for his body. What will he sleep in? And if he cries out to me, I will listen because I am compassionate. In all of this, Yahweh is watching out for the poor in the nation of Israel. And He is also watching out how those that are not poor are treating those that are. And Yahweh is compassionate, He says here at the end on the poor man. If we want to be like Yahweh, we will be compassionate towards the poor. So if the mistreatment of the poor brings about the curse of Yahweh, we just read that, then it would stand to reason that the flip side is true, that the proper treatment of the poor would bring about the blessing of Yahweh upon a person's life. And that's exactly what we see the Bible teach us. Yahweh rewards those who take care of the poor. Now we'll see this in a minute in the book of Deuteronomy, in the law. But before we go there, I want to show you this from a key verse. It's in Proverbs 19, verse 17, which reads, Kindness to the poor is alone to Yahweh. And he will reward the lender. The word kindness here refers to any act of charity or alms shown to the poor, both in compassion, mercy, and also care, monetary, material. The author says that when we do this, it's as though we loan something to the Creator, that we loan something to Yahweh. And I like to ask the question, do you think Yahweh pays back His loans? Well, sure he does. If I told you that the money that you lent somebody that you were unsure about because you weren't sure if they would pay you back and it was a big sum of money, but if I told you that the co-signer on the loan was going to be Warren Buffett, you'd have a little bit more confidence lending that money out because a rich man is going to co-sign the loan to give himself as a surety, as the Scripture says. Well, when we give to the poor, Yahweh the one who created all the land, seas, heavens, everything in them, Yahweh co-signs the loan that you give to the poor. Or if you just give it to the poor and it's not a loan, He co-signs that. 
So there is a guarantee that you will be paid back for what you give. Sometimes you get paid back in this life, but with a surety you get paid back fully at the resurrection of the righteous. Look at Psalm 41, 1 through 3. These scriptures have been in our Bible, many people's Bibles that we carry around for the last several long, long time. Happy is the one who cares for the poor. Yahweh will save him in a day of adversity. Yahweh will keep him and preserve him. He will be blessed in the land. You will not give him over to the desire of his enemies. Yahweh will sustain him on his sickbed. You will heal him on the bed where he lies. This is the best insurance that you could ever buy. The best way to plan for your future, for financial stability, is to give your money away to the poor, the widow, the fatherless, the foreign resident. In Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 2, we read, My son, and also stands for my daughter, don't forget my teaching, and that word teaching in Hebrew is Torah, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days a full life and well-being. I said the commands will bring you many days a full life and well-being. I do not understand how anyone can read that and conclude that keeping the Torah brings about a curse. I don't understand it. I never will by Yahweh's grace. Why in the world would we not want that promise? Well, in verses 3 through 4 in the same chapter, it reads, Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. That's HCSB. Loyalty and faithfulness. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of the Almighty and man. In the King James Version, the word loyalty is translated as mercy. The Hebrew word is chesed, and it means goodness, kindness, faithfulness. Scholars say that we cannot translate the Hebrew word chesed into one English word because it's too packed in its meaning. So kindness, goodness, and faithfulness is the best that I can come up with of what the word chesed means. But in the Greek, Septuagint, it is the word elemosune, from where we get the English word alms. Basically a shortening down and a transliteration. I talked about this last week. So, therefore, in Old Testaments that are based on the Greek Septuagint, like the Orthodox study Bible that the Orthodox Church uses, Proverbs 3 verse 3 reads, Do not let almsgiving and faithfulness forsake you, but hang them upon your neck, and you will find grace and provide good things before the Lord, Yahweh, and men. In the New English translation of the Septuagint, it says, Let acts of charity and loyalty not fail you. Rather, fasten them on your neck, and you will find favor. And think of what is noble in the sight of the Lord, Yahweh, and of people. Almsgiving, charity, giving to the poor brings about the favor of Yahweh in a person's life. Back to the law of Moses. I like this picture. I found this picture today. I thought maybe the children would like this one. Cohen is smiling when he saw it. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, we have a commandment in regards to tithing. Tithing was done about three times a year. The Israelites didn't bring their tithes every week. They brought their tithes three times a year. Guess when? At the festivals. The three times a year when all the males would appear before Yahweh, the mighty one of Israel. That's when they would gather up everything that they had prospered in since the last feast and they would bring it to the feast at the place Yahweh would put his name, wherever that was at the specific time. 
And in ancient Israel, tithing was done on livestock and on produce. It was an agrarian society, very agricultural society. So they bring a tenth of all their produce along with the first fruits, as well as one out of every ten animals along with the first ling. But one out of every ten animals, tenth of their produce, and they would rejoice at the feast, and the Israelite was actually allowed to eat and partake of some of the tithe that they would bring. In Deuteronomy 14, it says that if you live far away and you're coming to the place that Yahweh put his name in, and the place where he put his name is too far for you to travel with all those animals and produce, then you were allowed as an Israelite to sell your tithe. You could sell your tithe, get the silver or the money for the tithe, and take the money to the feast. And when you got to the feast, you could buy cattle for sacrifice. You could buy wine, strong drink, food, produce. You could buy and rejoice at the feast. But there were strict commands there in Deuteronomy 14 that when you came to the feast and you partook of your tithe or your first fruits as a worshiper, you were commanded not to forsake the Levite. Because he was the priest and he had no land inheritance among the tribes of Israel. The Levites weren't just, you know, the few that were in the tabernacle that took turns in their courses. They were dispersed throughout all of the tribes and they were the teachers of the law. You can read this in the latter part of the book of Deuteronomy and then some other texts in the Torah as well. Well, in Deuteronomy 14, 28 through 29, this is from the Good News Bible, we read, At the end of every third year, bring the tithe of all your crops and store it in your towns. This food is for the Levites, since they own no property, and for the foreigners, orphans, and widows who live in your towns. They are to come and get all they need. Do this and Yahweh your mighty one will bless you in everything you do. So it looks like to me that this was a special year for the tithe. Now in Deuteronomy 14 verse 22, just a few verses before this, it says each year, not just every third year, but each year you are to set aside a tenth of all the produce grown in your fields. And then a little bit down, 28, at the end of every third year, and then if you keep reading Deuteronomy 15, verse 1, it says at the end of seven years, you must cancel debt. And we know that that seventh year was the Sabbath year, the sabbatical or the Shemitah year in Hebrew. We know from the Torah that there's a seven-year cycle called the sabbatical. So in Deuteronomy 14, 28, when it says at the end of three years or at the end of every third year, it should be understood as the third year in the seven-year sabbatical cycle. Okay, Now, some people think it's talking about the third year and the sixth year in the sabbatical cycle because that would be one, two, three years and then one, two, three more before you get to the end of that sabbatical cycle. So the third and the sixth year, this tithe would be, there would be something special done with the tithe. And I'll talk about here more here in just a second. I'm not sure that could go either way. I, I'm not sure about that, um, at least on that third year in the cycle. The point that I want to make here is simply the care that Yahweh takes for the poor. Notice in verse 28 that the tithe for this third year is not taken on a pilgrimage to the place Yahweh puts his name. But rather in this third year, he says to store the tithe in your towns, your individual towns where you live, so that those people that are poor in your towns can just come and participate and take of that tithe there. And then it says, and Yahweh will bless you 
Once again, giving to the poor brings about a repayment or a blessing from Yahweh. The same thing is said in Deuteronomy 26, 12 through 15. Again, reading from the Good News Bible. It says, Every third year, give the tithe a tenth of your crops to the Levites, the foreigners, the orphans, and the widows, so that in every community they will have all they need to eat. When you have done this, say to Yahweh, None of the sacred tithe is left in my house. I have given it to the Levites, the foreigners, the orphans, and the widows as you commanded me to do. I have not disobeyed or forgotten any of your commands concerning the tithe. I have not eaten any of it when I was mourning. I have not taken any of it out of my house when I was ritually unclean. And I have not given any of it as an offering for the dead. I have obeyed you, O Yahweh. I have done everything you commanded concerning the tithe. Look down from your holy place in heaven and bless your people Israel. Bless all the rich and fertile land that you have given us as you promised our ancestors. Verses like this fly so much in the face of people that say we can't keep the commandments. Yahweh gives a commandment and he says, after you've kept the commandment, tell me that you kept the commandment. Say to me, I've done this, Yahweh. I didn't hold any of it back. It's beautiful. I want you to notice carefully this command to speak to Yahweh. When you have done this, say to Yahweh, and he tells you what to say. And then you ask Yahweh to bless you from heaven. Giving to the poor secures a reward or a payment from Yahweh. All through the Bible, the foundation of it is in the Torah. This is why the Italian centurion man, Cornelius, was blessed to hear and receive the good news about Yeshua. This is why he was blessed. In Acts 10, we read about him and we read that he was a devout man. That word devout is used in the New Testament. It means piety, holiness, righteousness. His holiness is defined specifically at the end of verse 2 like this. In the KJV it says, He gave much alms to the people and prayed to the Mighty One always. And the word alms here is our Greek word, where we get the word alms. And so therefore we read in the ERV, He gave much of His money to help the poor people and always prayed to the Mighty One. Now, this was Cornelius' regular practice. And an angel came to visit Cornelius about 3 o'clock one day. And that angel told him this in Acts 10 verse 4. The Mighty One has heard your prayers and has seen your gifts to the poor. He remembers all that you have done. KJV says, your prayers and alms have come up as a memorial, a record before Yahweh. And therefore, Yahweh sent his angel to tell Cornelius that something special was going to happen to him. Yahweh rewarded Cornelius because he gave to the poor. In the Wisdom of Sirach, a book in the so-called Apocrypha that used to be in the King James Version of the Bible before Protestants took it out. But it says in Sirach 7, verse 10, Good News Bible, Never get tired of praying and never miss a chance to give to the poor. Later in that chapter, verses 32 through 35 says, Give your help to the poor, and the Lord will give you His perfect blessing. Be generous to every living soul, and be gracious to the memory of the dead. Show sympathy to those who have lost a loved one, and mourn with them. Do not hesitate to visit the sick. You will be loved for things like these. When the book of Sirach says to mourn with those who have lost a loved one. It, it made me think of Romans 12 where the Apostle Paul said, weep with those who weep. 
I believe he was pulling from the book of Sirach. Sirach 29, verses 9 through 13. This is from the Orthodox Study Bible, and I've highlighted and added Scripture references in here. This is a good one. It says, Because of the commandment, help a poor man. And in his need, do not turn him away empty. Lose your money for the sake of a brother and a friend. Do not let it rust under a stone and be lost. Lay up your treasure. What did Yeshua say in Matthew 6? Collect for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay up your treasure according to what? The commandments of the Most High. Exodus 22, Deuteronomy 14, 15, 26. For this will profit you more than gold. Proverbs 19, 17. If you loan to the poor, it's a loan to Yahweh. He'll repay the lender. It's better than gold. Store alms in your storerooms and they, the alms, will deliver you from all affliction. Psalm 41, 1 through 3 says, Yahweh won't let you lay on your sickbed. He'll raise you up. More than a mighty shield and better than a strong spear, almsgiving will fight for you against your enemy. There is a heavenly storehouse, brothers and sisters. And you store up treasures there. When you give to the poor, you visit the sick, and even when you show kindness to somebody that has died, all these are ways that you give alms or, or give charity to people who are in need. Even the dead people. Think about when Nicodemus and Mary Magdalene and the other women prepared spices and ointments to anoint the body of the Messiah. Joseph of Arimathea, he was a rich man, the Bible says. And he wrapped Yeshua's body. He took him down off of the cross. He wrapped Yeshua's body in clean, fine linen cloth. A dead body. He respected it because it was the master. It was his friend. And then he laid him in a tomb, a brand new tomb that he had hewn out of a rock. He showed kindness to not just the living but to the dead. This is just the tip of the tip of the iceberg, what I've covered today. I could go over so much more, but I'm only going to go over one more verse as I close. I'm going to share one last text with you. It's a text many of you know well, but maybe you've never thought about it in the light that I'm presenting this sermon in. It's found in Matthew 25 when the Son of Man, the Son of Man that's prophesied about in Daniel 7, 13 through 14, that went up to the Ancient of Days and was given authority in a kingdom and power. The Son of Man will come in all of His glory. And the Bible says all the angels will come with Him and He'll put the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on His left. And the sheep represent the righteous, the goats represent the unrighteous. And then the King, the Son of Man, that was given authority will say to the sheep that are on His right hand. He doesn't say this to the goats. He says it to the sheep on His right hand. Come on down, brothers and sisters. Come on down. You who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen. And then he says this, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. This is the king speaking. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him. Master, when did we do all, all these things for you? And the reality is they did not do them directly to the Messiah, but they did them to the Messiah through the proxy of the righteous poor, of the sick, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, those who have been thrust into prison for preaching the gospel, 
and they visited them in secret, not worried about what the local government might do if they find out that they're visiting one of their brothers that is in prison. Yeshua says, when you did these things to the least of these brothers of mine, you did it unto me. You did it unto me, He said. That's talking about eternity. (laughs) This text is talking about a reward in the future. Not a reward now. Come Come and you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom that's been prepared for you. Because you did all of these things to these people who were in need who could not help themselves. Who needed your help. You did it to me, the king said, when you did it to them. Kindness to the poor is a loan to Yahweh. He will repay the lender. Do not store up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and dust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourself that won't wear out. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven. A treasure that will not fail in heaven. A treasure that will never run out in heaven. We've only got a short time on this earth. But we have the potential to have an eternity and immortality in the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you'll take these Scriptures to heart and you'll believe them and put them to practice.